Well, hey, everybody. My name is Ryan Alexander. I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna, and it is so good to be with you, whether you're joining us online or whether you're joining us at one of our campuses. I know so many of you are faithfully returning your tithes and your offerings to the Lord at Hosanna as your church home. Way to go. And I know there are some of you who are giving above and beyond what you normally do because you know that not everyone can give what they normally can in this season. And so that is also very inspiring, uh, amazing. If you consider Hosanna your church home and you're not already giving regularly and proportionally to how you've been um, given, then it is very easy to get started. Just text Hosanna Church to 77977. We'll send you a link walk you through a few steps, and uh, you'll be on your way to trusting God more with your finances, which you will never, ever, ever regret. And here's the thing about giving to God. You cannot outgive God. In Luke chapter six, Jesus says that when you give, it will be pressed down, shaken up to make room for more, overflowing, poured out into your lap, more blessings in all shapes and sizes than you gave in the first place. And so many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, I dare you to try it. Well, I think we can say this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? I know we need to be cautiously optimistic and, 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 and it may take a little bit longer than we think, months. But thanks to vaccines, we can start having visions of returning to normal routines, dancing in our heads. Right? What, what are those for you? Maybe it's your kids going back to school. Yes, maybe, maybe it's home returning to the place that you actually get away from work or maybe it's work returning to that place where you get away from home for a while. Um, maybe the thought is you're actually gonna get out of your pajamas for the first time in nine months. I, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Uh, for me, I get excited thinking about uh, going back to coffee shops and, and meeting with folks like you and, and, and then working on messages and doing the things that, that I love to do at coffee shop. It just kind of warms my heart to think about that. So we have a light at the end of the tunnel. And, and as we think about that, there's something that bubbles up inside of us that feels like something we call joy. So at least reminiscent of joy when we think about that light at the end of the tunnel. What is joy? It's a great question. And it's not always an easy one to answer, so I brought a friend to help me answer this question. What is joy? If you don't know who this is, you don't have a kid under the age of 10 because this is uh, Forky. And Forky is in Toy Story 4. And uh, Disney has also produced some short videos called Forky Asks a Question. Forky Asks a Question. And Forky asks some questions about basic things like, what is love? What, what is a computer? What is leadership? And he asks these questions in the videos of, of other toys, and it leads to some random, tangential, uh, meandering, conversa hilarious conversations that never really get to the heart of the question that Forky was asking. And that can happen with joy, too. It can happen with conversations about joy. What is joy? And it ends up going into some, some pretty random, meandering places. It can happen in a message on joy. But I don't want that to happen. I want us to get to the heart of what joy, what joy really is. Because more than ever before, we need joy. We need joy. We're in an Advent series called The Light Has Come. 
the light has come. And in this series, we're looking at themes from each of the four candles of a traditional Advent wreath. First week, we talked about hope. Last week, we talked about faith. This week, we're talking about joy. Next week, we're going to talk about peace. Now, peace was the last thing that my family growing up experienced after we did Advent devos around the wreath because my sister and I would argue about who got to blow out the candles. And now my boys, they don't even argue. They just go right to punching each other over who's going to blow out the candles. But whether you have memories of, of Advent devotions and Advent wreaths, fond memories or otherwise, we're encouraging, you to, we're encouraging you to start some traditions, some memories, making some memories. And, and we've created a resource for you called the Advent Experience. You can find it on our app. If you haven't downloaded the app, do that. I've learned you have to pull down to refresh to get the latest content. It's important to know. But, but there's an Advent Experience each week of Advent. You can join in this, this tradition of, of Advent. Now, Advent means, it means coming or arriving. It means a light is coming. A light at the end of the tunnel is coming. The people who were living in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, that very first Christmas, they, they were waiting for a light at the end of the tunnel. They had been waiting for centuries for the light to come. And then suddenly, it does. It bursts onto the scene. We're going to read a passage of scripture. maybe familiar to you because it's the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up on your phones to Luke chapter 2 verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, there it is, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, there it is again, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth. Next week, we're going to talk about peace, the light of peace. But can you picture this scene? Right, some ragtag shepherds are out in the field watching over their flocks by night. And then suddenly, an angel appears. It says the, the radiance of the Lord's glory shined all around them with one angel. And then later on, we read that a host of angels appear. So if the radiance of the Lord's glory shines all around them with one angel, imagine how much glory must have filled the sky and and all around them that night in Bethlehem. It, It was a brilliant, breathtaking experience, spectacular experience, like nothing the shepherds had ever experienced before and ever will. This was a once in a lifetime experience. And if someone can find joy, like real joy from an experience, like this would be it. A spectacular experience of angels appearing, suddenly filling the night with the radiance of the Lord's glory. This would be where joy comes from. 
Here's the problem. Eventually, those angels return to heaven. Eventually, the, the light, the floodlights from the angels dimmed, faded and dimmed and went dark again. And, and the night sky in Bethlehem went back to how it always was. This, this is the experience that people often have in their pursuit of joy. They have experiences that for a moment give pleasure, give that feeling that we're longing for. And then eventually it fades. Here, here's the truth about true joy. True joy can't be found in momentary pleasures or temporary circumstances. Bright lights that shine bright for a moment and then fade. Every, every year, around this time of year, Time Magazine puts out a special edition on a topic or a theme that people are thinking about, who want people, a topic that people want to know more about, they want to experience more in their lives. So this year, Time Magazine came out with an edition on joy, the power of joy. Thanks, Pastor Peter, our Hosanna Rosemount campus pastor for picking this up for me, knowing that I was gonna be preaching on joy. And there's some good stuff in here. There's some good advice, some good recommendations. But they all kind of point to these momentary, temporary pleasures, experiences that eventually fade. And, and, and they talk about things that we can do more of in our lives, like, like exercise more and socialize more and practice gratitude more. And, and those are all good things. We should do all of those things. But they don't ultimately lead to a, a lasting joy, true joy. See, people often, when they're talking about joy, are actually confusing joy with happiness. And there is a big difference between joy and happiness. Big difference. In fact, a quote in this magazine captures this significant difference. Robert Emmons, a professor of psychology at the University of California, Davis, says this, happiness is an inch deep and a mile wide, whereas joy is a mile deep and a mile wide. The depth of joy compared to happiness, which is fleeting. The difference between happiness and joy, it's the difference between the night sky being lit up spectacular moments and what those angels who were lighting up the night sky were pointing to. So what, what is joy? Back to Forky's question. question. What, what is joy? Well, the, the angel, again, tells us everything we need to know. Verse 10 says this, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. The word great there, the Greek word is megas, which is where we get the, the prefix mega from. Like megaphone, megabyte, right? Megastar. Megas means great. It's also where we get the Transformer Megatron from. Right? I grew up in the 80s. I know they've made some movies recently. I haven't really followed those. But Megatron, the Transformer, which actually triggers a tough memory for me from my childhood, Christmas growing up, that I wanted Voltron 
Defender of the universe one Christmas, and instead Santa got me Megatron. Still cool, but wasn't Voltron. I think Santa was trying to teach me not to be too materialistic or always want the best thing or the most expensive thing. Thanks, Santa. I'm not bitter. Maybe, maybe a better contemporary example of Megas would be the Mandalorian. Mandalorian is a TV show, a Star Wars TV show on Disney+. Plus. Now, you know that you've been quarantining with your kids for too long when you use two examples from Disney+, Plus, Forky and Mandalorian. But the Mandalorian is uh, a bounty hunter, highly trained, powerful fighter. And he wears armor that is impenetrable, indestructible, which makes him pretty indestructible. That is Megas Joy. That's an image of Megas Joy because Megas Joy is indestructible. It's impenetrable. It can't be moved. It can't be destroyed in our lives. That's the kind of joy that God wants to bring to us that the angels were talking about. It's the kind of joy that, that Ezra in the book of Nehemiah says this about, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's our strength. Can get us through anything. Megas joy cannot be extinguished even in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. You know, a great example of this. I almost showed it, but I said, no, nah, they can go watch this later and you should. But if you Google Rotterdam Orchestra, Ode to Joy, you find uh, this stirring rendition of Beethoven's Ode to Joy. It was put together by the Rotterdam Orchestra from the isolation of their homes. Individually, they recorded the parts and then put it together. And it's this really moving rendition of Ode to Joy. And of course, it is an Ode to Joy that not even a pandemic can stop it. And you're thinking, that's the kind of joy I want. The joy that is a mile deep and a mile wide. And that is the kind of joy that you can have. You can, we can. But in order to have this joy, we have to understand two things. We have to understand who this joy comes to, and we have to understand where this joy comes from. Who it comes to, and where it comes from. Who does it come to? Well, the angel says that this great joy will be for all people. And as if to prove that point that it's for all people, they start with a group of, a ragtag group of shepherds. Right, shepherds who, who are living this mundane, meaningless, empty existence, watching over flocks of sheep. And it was a dirty job, a dirty environment. All that goes with taking care of animals. And we know that shepherds were lowly, right? From the songs that people have been singing for hundreds of years, lowly shepherds. So who does this great joy come to? Who does it come to? True joy comes to people who are empty and dirty and lowly. All people. People like, like you and me. I mean, who hasn't felt empty at some point in their life, especially over the last nine to 10 months? There's been emptiness, this malaise that we feel at times, the life being so turned upside down and all the specific experience that, experiences that you have had that have led to emptiness at times. And then we feel 
dirty at times, dirty because of mistakes that we've made, messes that we've made, stains on our conscience, maybe shame that we feel because of something that's been done to us, maybe thoughts that, that we have about other people that no one else knows about, but we know we're having those thoughts. Or, or maybe thoughts that we're not having about other people because we're always thinking about ourselves. You know, the definition of sin is being turned in on ourselves, being consumed with ourselves. We feel dirty. This great joy is for you, if that's how you're feeling. And those who feel lowly, feel down, feel discouraged, feel like people maybe are looking down on them, this joy is for you, this great joy. And where does this joy comes from. That's who it comes to, all people, whatever we might be experiencing. But where does it come from? Well, we know where it doesn't come from. It doesn't come from momentary pleasures, temporary circumstances, even the most spectacular experiences that we might have in this life. We know that actually it's something that the angel has to bring. I bring you good news that will bring great joy, which means it's something that comes from outside of us. It has to be brought to us. Contrary to what we read about in magazines like this, we don't have this joy inside of us. If we just dig deep enough, we'll find it. It has to come from outside of us, be brought to us. And it isn't found in this life. This is so important. We'll miss it if we never understand this, that true joy doesn't come from life. It is a force for life. A force that God wants to bring us and give to us, this mega joy. And as long as we are trying to find joy from life, we might find happiness from life. But if we're trying to find joy from life versus what God can bring into our lives, we will never find true joy. God wants us to have something more, deeper, stronger, more powerful. And specifically, the angel tells us where this joy comes from. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. The good news brings great joy. That's where it comes from. From God, from heaven, angels sent. But specifically, it comes from this good news that the angels came to share. The gospel is another way to talk about good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ. In September, we did a series called Solid Ground. And in this series, we unpacked the basic elements of the gospel message, the framework of the gospel message. That Jesus lived, Jesus died, and Jesus rose. That's the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus rose. And we We shared images, symbols for each of those. Jesus lived a a cradle. Jesus died the cross, of course, and, and Jesus rose again and reigns now forever and ever the crown. Let those images be seared into your heart, mind, and soul because that's where great joy comes from. It's the only true source of true joy the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, the gospel addresses each of those human experiences that I was talking about earlier. 
feeling empty, feeling dirty, feeling lowly. Each part of the gospel addresses each one of those. Feeling empty, he lived. He lived so that, that God-sized hole in us that Pascal talked about in, in, in uh, the 16th century, 15, 17th century, that, that there's a God-sized vacuum inside of us that can only be filled by Jesus. That, that he came to fill that emptiness inside of us. And he came to fulfill the perfect human life. That, that we are constantly trying to achieve and, and it's, it's endless and it's elusive and it's empty and he fulfills the perfect human life for us so that we don't have to. And he shows us what a fulfilling life actually looks like and the way he lived his life. His example a fulfilling life is one where we're serving others, sacrificing for others, sharing joy with others. This time of year, it's always good to think about sharing joy with others, but especially this time of year, sharing joy with others, blessing people in need, inviting people into the Christmas story, inviting people into the joy of Christmas. He lived, he died. When we're feeling dirty, this, this is the response that leads to joy, that he can remove those stains. In 1 John, the book of 1 John, the New Testament says, if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Purify us, make us clean. And Isaiah in the Old Testament says that though our sins are as scarlet, he has made them as white as snow. Reminded me of October. Remember that big snowstorm we had in October and I hadn't even raked up all the leaves yet and the snow just fell and covered all of those leaves. I'm sure it's true of a lot of you, a lot of us. Just covered them up, those leaves we hadn't gotten to, that we'd missed. That's what Jesus' death on the cross does. It covers all of that, what we've missed, what we haven't gotten to, we, we can never get to. He, he died so that we could be made clean, made clean and set free. And then he rose. He rose, not even death could hold him down which means that there is no, there's no situation where we are too low, too lowly for him to lift us up, to, for him to raise us up, for him to bring his resurrection work into our lives and raise us up. No matter how low we may feel, no matter how low our situation may be, there is no situation, there is no relationship, there is no set of circumstances that are too low for God to raise them up. There's joy because he rose. The other thing about the resurrection is that it means that there's always an eternal light flickering out ahead of us because he rose. And the promise of eternity means that there's a, a light no matter how dark things get in this life, no matter hard, how hard things get, even at the end of this life, there is still a light at the end of the tunnel, an eternal joy. So, what is joy? <laughs> what is joy? Well, it's not, it's not happiness. It's not found in momentary pleasures, temporary circumstances. It's not something we can just find within ourselves and, and elevate within ourselves. It comes from outside of us. It comes from the God of the universe who wants to bring us this, this megas joy a joy that is 
unstoppable, unshakable, impenetrable, indestructible. That's, that's joy. And joy comes from knowing that he, Jesus, lived and that he died and that he rose again. And that story of the gospel starts with, you know, he lived, which means he was born in a manger. Good news that brings great joy. We can know great joy because of the good news of Jesus. You can know great joy because of the good news of Jesus. And maybe you're thinking, I've never really said yes to him. I've never really said yes to that promise of joy that comes from knowing Jesus and the free gift that he offers. And if that's you, we'd love to invite you to, to talk to one of our staff members or, or maybe a friend who's a follower of Jesus. Or on our website, we have a button that says, say yes to Jesus and we'll walk you through some steps. You can do that today. Advent means coming. There's a light that is coming. A light at the end of the tunnel is always coming because of Jesus. That's joy. So this week, light a candle for, for joy. Light a candle and, and let that light of joy light up your life. Let it burn within you. Let it, uh, let it rise up within you. Megas joy. And then hear these words for you. The angel, I bring you those who are empty, those who are dirty, those who are lowly. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. And I'm gonna pray right now that God would release this joy in our lives. God, we thank you for your promise of joy. We thank you, Lord, that, that you promise joy to those who say yes to you. A joy that is deep and wide. And even though sorrow may last for the night, there's a joy that comes in the morning. Even though we may suffer for a while, a struggle for a while, there is an inexpressible, glorious joy that we can live with. We claim the promises of joy in our lives. I claim the promise of joy for all those who are listening, homes and hearts, more joy. We declare more joy in families and marriages and, and, and in communities, neighborhoods, our church. Release joy, Lord. And as you release this joy, this megas joy, may we become joy releasers as well. Releasing joy where we live, work, study, and play. People that we encounter, those we know and those that we have just come to know because you want us to release joy into their lives. Joy to the world. The Lord, Lord, you have come. And we thank you for this joy. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, we are so glad that you've joined us uh, for Church at Home. I encourage you to uh, enter into the Advent experience. There'll be words on the screen at the end of the service. You can pause or take a picture of that. And then, of course, on the app, you can find the Advent experience. Make sure you join us next week as we finish our Advent series, The Light Has Come, talking about peace 
and then make sure you make plans to join us for Christmas Eve, either online or in person at one of our campuses. Now, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace and joy. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.